Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 24. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry. Let's begin with this truth, that our Lord Jesus is certain. He's a sure thing. His word is rock solid, and death itself can't even shake it. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, the old hymn goes. Jesus is certain, and the devil, well, as the Lord is certain, so the devil is very uncertain. The devil wants you to doubt and to waver. He wants to hurl you into an ever-spinning, ever-moving, ever-shifting way of life with no certainty. Did God really say, he tempts Adam and Eve, are you certain? Maybe there's some wiggle room here where you could do something else other than what God's word says. And round and round, he joyfully throws us all on this merry-go-round from hell. It's nauseating. In The Magician's Nephew, a book by C.S. Lewis, there's a little boy and a little girl, and they find their way into this beautiful garden. They're directed to go to this garden by Aslan, who's the god figure in the series. And their mission is to grab the fruit from this tree of youth and to bring it directly back to Aslan. And whatever they did, they were told that they must not eat it. <laughs> Sound familiar? But upon entering the garden, the little boy, Diggory, he's gazing upon this beautiful tree and he's met by a witch. And the witch tells the boy just exactly what he's missing out on. She says, if you took the fruit, you would live forever. You would be a king in this land, and I would be your queen, and together we would rule and have all this power. But the boy denies it. He recalls the clear command of the lion. He says, I'm not supposed to eat the fruit. He stands on the rock-solid foundation of the word. But then the witch finds some wiggle room, some uncertainty. You see, the boy's mother is dying of cancer. And if she had some of that fruit, she would be instantly healed. And Aslan didn't say that she couldn't eat of it. Aslan only said that you couldn't eat it. And then the witch lays it on thick. Oh, to think, boy, if you didn't bring this fruit to your dying mother... Just think how unloving that would be. And think if she found out that you had the chance to heal her and you didn't, how disappointed she would be. And if you didn't do this and your mother died, you would live the rest of your life filled with shame and regret and guilt. And so the witch tempts the boy to forget the direct command from Aslan to return directly to him with the fruit. So the devil tempts you as well into uncertainty, and he is very good at finding wiggle room. 
At the end of the day, you're left relentlessly trying to find certainty in yourself or in others rather than the clear word of God. The devil lives in the realm of uncertainty. He loves to shake the ever-shifting ground beneath your feet so that you can never be certain, so that you can never be comforted, and so that you cannot rest. But oh, not so with our Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus desires you to be certain. He desires you to be comforted. He desires you to rest. And so he creates a sure and certain place that you can go to hear his word of law and gospel, to know for certain that you are a sinner, and to know for certain, without a doubt, even more, that you are forgiven. And so Jesus creates, he institutes, the office of the holy ministry. It's the first thing the church does in the book of Acts, chapter 1. A man is chosen for the office of pastor. Peter stands up and he declares, Brothers, the scripture must be fulfilled. Let another take his office. And one of the men who accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two men, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And then the Lord Jesus chose the man. The apostles prayed, Lord Jesus, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take place in this ministry. And the Lord Jesus chooses Matthias. The Lord puts a man in the office for certainty, for assurance. It's the first thing the church does in the book of Acts. It's one of the last things Jesus himself does before he ascends into heaven. He creates a certain place for his sheep to go for forgiveness. In John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, he goes and he finds those first shepherds of his flock, his 12 apostles, and he breathed on them and said, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. The office of the holy ministry is that sure place created by God so that his certain word would be spoken to you. The pastor is God's man chosen and placed there by the Lord Jesus, not by the will of man, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Lutheran Church, we know that pastors are not hired or fired as the world operates. They are divinely called, chosen by the Lord Jesus, and put in the office by the power of the Holy Spirit. You all meet And you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you trust, and you put forward men. And then the Lord chooses, and he gives. And in this way, we follow the ancient practice of the church from Acts chapter 1 all the way up to the present. The pastor is not there because he made himself the pastor in that place or called himself 
to the, be the pastor. He's not chosen by man, and therefore he is not the product of a prideful, sinful human heart, but by the Lord Jesus himself, who knows the hearts of all. The office of the pastor is God's sure thing to bring you God's sure word, both his law and his gospel. Not to abuse you or to beat you mercilessly over the head, but he's there for your good, for your rest. For when the pastor whom Jesus has chosen and given to you speaks God's word, it's just as sure and certain, even in heaven itself, as if Christ, our dear Lord, is speaking to you directly. And yet when you dismiss the word of God, which the pastor whom Jesus has chosen and given to you, you're not pushing aside the word of a man, but the very word of God himself. For the Lord promises his shepherds in Luke chapter 10, verse 16, The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. When the pastor whom the Lord has chosen and given to you shows you your sin and calls you to repent, you may know for certain that the Lord Jesus himself is showing you your sin and calling you to repent. And when the pastor that the Lord chose and gave to you announces that your sin is forgiven, you may know for certain that the Lord Jesus himself is announcing your sin forgiven. For our Lord has promised in Matthew 18, 18, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, forgive on earth, will be loosed, forgiven in heaven. Alyssa and I have been going rounds with our insurance company lately. And I don't mean in any way to sound ungrateful. We are so thankful for our insurance and all the benefits that we've received. The Lord knows how much we've had to rely on our insurance policy. We got our first bill on Creed's um, Cares the last week, and it was like over $757,000. They've been amazing covering it all. But there's one thing. We've been trying to get this private duty nurse for our boy to be in our home and to help care for him. He needs it, and it's it's been a battle. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard over the phone, we've heard over the phone from a representative that we would receive a nurse, that we would be approved. But it was never a sure word. They weren't the ones in charge. We'd hear, oh yeah, this is, this is going to be approved this time. It's a sure thing. I know it will I know it'll happen only to hear later from the ones over them that we were actually denied. And all those voices all they were doing was just filling us up with false hope. Sure it was good to hear it at times but it wasn't a sure word. It was shaky ground. It was it was very frustrating. But last Saturday when we received that letter from the director of appeals, whom we appealed to directly, that we were approved, we both cried tears of joy because it was a sure word. 
we knew for certain this time that it was true. And now we rest knowing that a nurse is coming. Sure things are God's things. Sure things give God's people sure rest. That's why everywhere the gospel of our Lord Jesus goes, in the book of Acts, there the Holy Spirit is ensuring a pastor is put in place to give assurance to God's people. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Paul's reminding the elders in Ephesus to take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Now, when Paul addresses elders in our English, it doesn't mean he's having a meeting with the board of elders or a group of dedicated laymen, as we use the term elder today in our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. But rather, Paul was speaking to what the Greek word calls presbyteroi. It's a New Testament term that refers to the office of the holy ministry, the ordained chosen one of the Lord whom the hands were laid upon. We translate this word presbyteroi as presbyter or pastor, or sometimes in English, elder. And what's the role of the presbyter, the pastor? Paul says the Holy Spirit has made them overseers of the church. I know that sounds repulsive to us. Our culture's ingrained in us to despise hierarchy. And our sinful flesh very much hates the idea that someone can be over you. And anyone who claims to be over you is immediately seen as arrogant or full of themselves. But our Lord Jesus desires you to have an overseer. The Holy Spirit has given you a pastor, an overseer of the flock for your certainty. That is what the Lord Jesus has called me to do here in this place, to speak his word and to give you God's assurance. Certainty when it comes to the word of God, not domineering over you, but to minister to you with the clarity of God's holy word, both his law and his gospel. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. When the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit chose me and put me into the office of the Holy Ministry to care for you, and he knows how much I fought him on this. I kicked and screamed. I fought tooth and nail, but he caught me in the net. And he put me in the office, and on the day of my ordination and installation, almost five years ago, you all made this promise to the Lord. Will you receive your pastor and show him that love, honor, and obedience in the Lord that you owe to the shepherd and teacher placed over you by your Lord Jesus Christ? And will you support him by your gifts and fervent prayer? Will you honor and uphold your pastor as he serves Christ in all of his God-pleasing responsibilities? Will you aid him as he cares for his family? Will you be diligent 
to put the best construction on everything, recognizing that love covers a multitude, multitude of sins. And you all, the church, promised we will with the help of God. The Lord Jesus creates a sure place for his word to be declared to you with certainty. And so we know the devil will not sit idly by. Our ancient foe, the devil, desires you to have no certainty, no pastor, not Christ himself. He desires for you to run your pastor away or for you to run away from your pastor finding someone else that will suit your own passion, someone that you choose so that you see yourself as your own pastor, your own shepherd, your own bishop of your soul. The devil desires this because that is the place of uncertainty. And he will find plenty of wiggle room to cause you to question your pastor's words of law and gospel because no pastor is perfect. I'm not perfect. The man who fills the office is going to do many foolish things and give you plenty of wiggle room to ignore the word of God which he carries. The ancient foe will meet you and tempt. You know, the way he went about that just wasn't right, was it? How rude of him. Does he really have the authority to call you to repent? Does he really have the authority to forgive your sins? <laughs> He's just a man. You don't need to listen to his words. And so the devil causes the church, the sheep, to forget God's clear word and the sure office which Jesus created for your good and for your assurance by getting you to focus on the man, the external things which he messes up all the time. Because the devil knows this. That if you don't trust your pastor to call you to repentance, then you also will not trust your pastor to announce that your sins are forgiven. And then the very mouthpiece of God himself is closed shut over you, and you will never rest. You'll be left to wonder elsewhere for assurance, trying to find certainty that you're forgiven in the voice of others, even the most gracious of lay people or in the voice of your own heart, or that preacher on TV or Facebook. But these places are not God's sure thing. The pastor on your TV will not be the one standing by you on the last day, giving an account of your soul in the resurrection of the dead. He doesn't even know you. Nor is he the one whom the Lord Jesus chose and gave to you. The pastor whom the Lord chose and gave to you is the one who will stand beside you on that day and give an account of your soul. And on that day, those whose sins he called to repent but who did not repent will stand before the Lord still bound in their sin and forgiveness withheld, just as our Lord has already clearly said in his word. They'll receive the due rewards of their sin, eternal unrest and punishment, no comfort, only weeping and gnashing of teeth. But for those who did repent, all of their sins, 
especially the ones which troubled their heart to their pastor, especially the ones that their pastor told them to repent of, and they repent it, well, they will stand on that day blameless before the Lord, and their forgiveness assured and certain and truly rest. For when their pastor announced to them that their sin was forgiven on earth, then our Lord Jesus said himself in heaven, it is forgiven, child. We confess this truth of the scriptures, of the word of our Lord in our small catechism. I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. Know then for certain Dear saints at Trinity Lutheran Church, that the Lord of the church, who purchased and redeemed her by his own precious blood, desires you to be certain and to rest in his sure word. And so he has given to you a pastor to bring you his holy word and blessed sacraments. For he knows the hearts of all. And the Lord always delights to give to his children faithful overseers. As it is with pastors, so it is with parents. Your children are going to hear a thousand different voices. Voices that will tell them that they should do this or do that. Voices that will tempt them, saying that this is good for them, even though it's actually quite horrible for them and only make their ground very shaky. And those voices, they will find plenty of wiggle room to get them to doubt the voice of their overseer, their parents. And they'll fall many times for those false voices. And they'll be filled with false hopes and uncertainty. But know that there is a voice that will stand over all other voices for your children. The voice of their overseer, their parents, their father, and their mother. The voice of the ones whom the Lord has chosen to give his children certainty, truth, assurance, comfort, rest. The Lord desires this for his children, for your children. And so he has chosen you to be their parents. He put you in the office, not to beat them up and not to rule over them mercilessly, but also not to run from this grave responsibility that he has given to you. You must watch over them and care for them with discipline and love, law and gospel, hard truth and undying compassion and devotion. They will hate you at times, but you will continue to fulfill your office and love them because you do what you do for their good and because you love them dearly. The Lord is certainly watching over us all. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And he knows that in this world filled with uncertainty where the devil prowls and tempts your ever-shifting heart, that you needed a sure place to run and confess, to repent and confide, and then to hear his sweet, sweet, sure words of forgiveness that are real and certain. And so the Lord, out of love for you and his church, created and chose and gave to you a pastor.
not to give a final word on the color of the carpet in the sanctuary or how a parking lot should be paved, but to give you a sure and certain word that Jesus is risen and that your sin is forgiven. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.